0: All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Another World Audiobooks. I'm here today, actually, with a guest, which is uh, amazingly mad. This is, the, this is the first time there's been a guest on this podcast. So, yeah, I don't know if that's an honor or a privilege or, or not, but uh, whatever it is, you have it. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's exciting. <laughs> this is
1: fun. I love doing
0: these. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked to see Like I said, this is the first time we're doing it. So just to kind of explore a bit of the the writing side of things, Um, as far as uh, a lot of people know me as like an audiobook narrator, but I also do some writing on the side. So it's just kind of natural to connect with other authors that are out there doing that and stuff. So uh, you uh, as the listeners, you probably recognize the name Matt Brown from an indie author spotlight that uh, man, we did that. That was back in like May. Maybe, I, I think maybe it June? was May, May or June, yeah. maybe. But, yeah, um, something like that. And, oh, so and yeah, I, I still have, have to give you
1: props for for the the trailer, man. I oh. <laughs> cry. I, I honestly cried, like when I saw that trailer and I heard the narration. <laughs> I was like. I got goosebumps and then I ran I literally ran to my boss at work and I showed it to her and I was like you gotta see this you gotta see this and she's like what what, what are you talking about and so I showed it to her and uh I watched as as I pl- I gave her my head my earbuds and um uh-huh. I she just sat there and she was just frozen and then I watched the goosebumps get on her on, on her arms and I was like yes <laughs> you know you're doing something right well, oh not, awesome. not just me, but the guy doing the reading. I mean, <laughs> it was it was incredible. It it was exactly the way I'd hoped to hear it. I mean, oh, I, man. there's no better there's no better compliment, I think, as a writer than when you meet somebody who can take what you write and just give it some sort of life that just and, and the feeling too. I mean, it was yeah. just because I've showed it to <laughs> dozens of people. Not gonna lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't mind at all. That's yeah. As as a narrator, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Just to know that as the author, because you you got something in your mind, right? When you any anybody who writes, they know that as you write, you have something pictured in your mind and and i bet um anybody who's an audiobook listener has probably run into that where at some point they've listened to like you know maybe it's their favorite book and they listen to it and the narrator's just horrible (laughs) and they're like oh no like you just completely ruined the book for me so uh hearing from an author that they liked it like that that's about the biggest compliment i could get so well, i mean
1: you did you did an amazing job man i have to give you <laughs> props so um, well, and that's something that authors were really looking for is someone who can really give life to the story in a new way and it's it's something that i really believe that as a writer you know you you really have to be passionate about what you're doing yeah. And you may have lulls and dull moments. I've had plenty. Trust <laughs> me. Oh, Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, when you love what you do, it takes on a life of its own. It just becomes like breathing. You can't survive yeah. without it. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's a guy, I listened to some of his his his, his uh, YouTube videos. His name's uh, Eric Thomas. You know, and uh, I hope I quote him right. I'm trying to remember how. If you... If you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'd be successful. So if you're mm. really hungry for what you want to do with your life, and for me it's writing. I just you know, it it's it's my passion and and yeah. I'm still learning, you know. I'm not I'm not Stephen King or any of those big <laughs> guys. You know, my my writing's always evolving. I'm always learning. And yeah. I think part of writing is having the humility to say I don't know everything. And I'm still learning and I'm still going to change through this process because just like you grow in life, you grow in whatever talent or art that you're doing and you never really arrive. You're always on this journey of, Mm -hmm. you know, well, I just learned something new today or a couple weeks ago when I went to writer's conference, you know, meeting different people and me and talking with different authors about where they're at, what stages that they're at. And being able to help them or just learn about what they do and where they come from. You know, I'm like one of the authors here is a biologist, like certified oh, wow. professor. Huh. And that was so cool. Nice. So when I talked about, well, I scientifically explained how dragons breathe fire and all this other stuff. She was like <laughs> stared at me for a minute and she's like, okay, I have to hear this. So I went to the whole explanation and uh. yeah, it's maybe it's a little bit of pseudoscience, but when I explained the process that I used to you know deduce well, maybe this is a plausible way, and then I got to talk to a biologist about it, and the biologists looking at me like, "That's awesome, huh? you know, because all I did was look at biology of different animals and figure out a way that this could plausibly be feasible under the right circumstances and conditions.
0: Well, let's take a step back here because um, you're getting into dragons and you're getting into writer's conferences. No, 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 that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're just feeling comfortable and opening up. But I want to take a step back just for people who have no idea who you are and like, who's this guy? And where's my audio book? Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to say, people go back in the in the backlist of Another World Audiobooks and there's an indie author spotlight done probably close to a dozen of them by now but Matt was actually one of the first ones that I did way back in May I think it was this year so go back and check out that it's called Valkyrie and you get a little sneak peek sneak peek of the of the book and it is awesome and you're still in the process of writing that but let's let's just jump back get to know you a little bit as an author so Matt Brown is uh your name and you tell us just a little bit about where where you're from uh and how you got started on this writing journey well i've always been like a daydreamer
1: like um i grew up in florida in uh, near st augustine small town called palaka if you know where that's at you have absolutely impressed me because it <laughs> and and i was told this as a kid so i have no factual basis on this but what i was told at the as a kid was the name of my hometown means crappy town on the river <laughs> If it's true, well, okay. If it's not, then well, uh, you know, you know how things you get told as a kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gets the well, point across.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's really not a bad place. I mean, I had a, I have a lot of good memories there, and there's a lot of good people that live there. So this is not mm. bash on hometown segment. <laughs> 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 but you know, I've always been really creative and. Um, where my brother was the more outdoorsy type. I mean, I, I do enjoy the outdoors, and I did enjoy camping with my family and stuff. I was more of the guy that I would see something and I can make a story out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like some of my toys. I and I've mentioned this on Twitter a couple times as a joke and laugh with a few people about it. I used to freeze my toys in blocks of ice <laughs> and pretend that they were cryogenically frozen whoa so that my other was... toys would find them and then i would take an ice pick and i'd slowly thaw them out or, <laughs> or or chip it away and then thaw them out and say hey you know hey guys we discovered this new race or something or other and, nice or and yeah my my mom would always ask me why are you using my cups for this <laughs> 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 or i would nice. take strips of toilet paper and wet it down and it's surprising how well wet toilet paper makes um mummy bandages when you tear oh, there it you into go. strips there you um, go. So I I I did crazy stuff like that as a kid. So but...
0: always just imagining things and picturing stuff. So that was yeah. kind of your, your growing up years in Florida. Were Were you into writing at all at that point, or was it just just making uh, it was up stories and
1: just making up stories and being a kid, being playing video games? Yeah. You know, just okay. doing that kind of thing. But a lot of that I think fed my imagination. You know, a hmm. lot of it was like like when Nintendo. Yeah, I just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Where, I was gonna ask like what 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 were the the video games that were your Your go-to's there.
1: Well, I mean, Nintendo, you know, obviously Super Mario Brothers. But then I discovered Mm -hmm. robots through uh, the game series Mega Man. Um, And that was just like, you mean I can absorb other things' powers and go blow them up too? Yes. (laughs) Yes. hard to beat that so you know but then it just expanded like castlevania you know role-playing games stuff that challenged my brain made me think yeah made me analyze look at things differently you know family time growing up watching the stargate series with my dad and and uh and it's hard to believe that that series has been around for as long as it has now but (laughs) or star trek or things like that or just playing pool and looking at it's just it's always been you know I've always had different influences, either reading-wise. Um, my dad was a big, big on learning how to read. It just wasn't my uh. brother's thing, you know, because my brother was the outdoorsy. You know, he was the active type, always going out and doing stuff. And I was just more indoors, you know. I was always yeah um, reading or doing something. Like, I got to the point to where I could finish a 300-page book in just a few hours. You know, like oh, three wow. or four hours. And um way later on down the road when i got turned on to one of the star wars series which is 19 books i read it in two weeks
0: oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i think calling you an avid reader would be an understatement at this point
1: well i've read whatever i could get my hands on and then when i got introduced yeah. to mythology uh, my parents were a little worried because <laughs> yeah. i would bring home books on vampires werewolves monsters myths whatever yeah. I could get my hands on, I would be going to the library. I mean, like in first grade, I was reading about dinosaurs and, and I grabbing mm-hmm. every book I could about the dinosaurs and what period they existed in and, and pronouncing words way bigger than someone my age should have been able to. But, um, nice. you know, but all of that sort of fed into my desire to create something. And then yeah, in high school, I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I started taking notes and doing things and I never really took the writing serious until was it maybe 2006 I think. So it's, it's been okay. a very long process. I mean, yeah. when I was in high school, I actually did start writing a, a book and it was horrible. <laughs> I, I'm willing to admit how absolutely horrible. Oh, my computer's went to sleep mode. Okay. There we
0: go. <laughs> um, but- I think that's, a, that's an important lesson for people who are listening. And, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're the type of person who, who likes writing and likes books and authors and all that sort of thing. So if, if becoming an author is ever something that anyone listening is interested in pursuing, that's, that's an important lesson. Because um, I was actually just listening to something else. and They were talking about how um, anytime you start a job, you don't consider yourself to be good at it the first year that you're working there. But then it's like people start being an author and they're like, oh, it's not perfect and it's not exactly what I want it to be. So, you know, screw it. I'm I'm done with it. And it's like, yeah, you got to you got to push through that first horrible book. (laughs) Well, I mean
1: reflecting it was horrible, but to a young impressionable teenager, it was the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> ah, there you go. You know, well, I was like, I thought man. I was being so clever and so ingenious, but really, yeah. you know, I was just taking things that I'd seen and, and turning them into my own story. That's what a lot of people do anyway. But yeah, um, it, it's stepping stones and building blocks and, and those things are important. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all a process. And when I actually got serious and a friend of mine was looking through all my notes about the world that I created, which totally doesn't have the same name as it does now, even though it's the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evolved. It, every, well, all of that's evolved way yeah. more than it has when I f- – <clears throat> sorry, i ranting. Um, I get excited. <laughs> no, but, no. I'm loving it. Um, the thing is like when my friend looked at it uh, back in 2006, I think it was 2006 – um, he was like, w- "What are you doing with this?" And I said, "Well, I'm running D D games." He says, "No, you're not." And I was like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? You should write a story. You should write a book." Uh, so, well, should I? What should I write about? I so, said, well, write about our D and D campaign. It worked for other people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the yeah. Dragonlance novels, Ed Greenwood, you know, all those guys, and all the D and D novels. I mean, they're there for a reason, you know, and people love. Them. Wow. So uh, the Pathfinder books yeah. by the guys written by Paizo. Um, some of the books Chris Jackson has written. Um, who's another really awesome guy you guys should check out. Um, hmm. um, but, uh, you know, he got me thinking. so the first two serious books I wrote were based off a D&D campaign I ran and wow. I was all proud of it. And I was like, well, I'll just go write for the same people that do this, you know, because it's what I love. And, and, uh, that was my first rejection letter, and
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's when you know you're an author.
1: Yeah, but the, the thing about it was, it it gave me pause because I was like, I was so excited, I, I didn't understand anything about the business, yeah. you know. And I think because of that rejection, I think it's what really got me thinking about where am I going with this. Because, well, my friends, you know, and I have some really harsh critiques for friends. You know, they will they will tell you if it's crap and they will not pull yeah. punches. <laughs> yeah. So, which is good. You need people like that. Um, oh, definitely. But um, it gave me a chance to really rethink what I was doing and really appreciate, like, you know, this could actually be a good thing. I mean, initially when someone tells you no, you get all sad and depressed because this human behavior yeah. is normal. But, like... It just really okay. So, what am what kind of story am I really trying to tell? Because I had already had so many characters, so I hmm. decided with the main series that I'm actually trying to submit, and I'm actually going through a refinement process with it right now. Um, oh it, wow! <clears throat> um, I pulled some characters from that those two books, and I was like, "What's their deal?" You know, and they they have a history because I already established that in these two books. Which, then, I got to thinking. Well, well, let me let me think on this a little bit more. And then, before I knew it, it really felt like it was becoming more of a serious thing for me, because then I started okay. doing some research and I started reading. And then I started, I created a whole language for the elves out of that. And then I created. Oh my goodness! Uh, I started looking at the culture, how they lived, um, what like there's all these important things that in my rush to like, I mean, I enjoyed the process of writing the book. I had fun, but then there were details that was like, well, this doesn't make sense. Hmm. And this detail doesn't make sense. And then I just started connecting the dots. And then I was like, I really need to take some time to work on this. And from that, that's when, uh, Alanthar started really, which I may still change that name if, cause I think a publisher will probably make me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's when the world of a really started becoming something more and then wow. i i started really analyzing mm-hmm. i got serious about a world map and i really started analyzing locations and places and what was there I, that was the biggest question was what's there why is it there yeah. how did this get started you know and then my whole creation story came into being and then you know, and a lot of that was through writing the Ancient Blood series. That i that's my main focus. You know, it's my. Um, I really started learning more about the world, and um, I, I would actually joke with people because I kind of felt, and I say this respectfully, I kind of felt a little bit like Tolkien when C.S. Lewis would tease him about "stop with the damn elves," because <laughs> that was. Uh, um, from what I've read, that was a coined phrase by uh C S Lewis whenever him and Tolkien uh, would talk about uh yeah. Lord of the Rings, you know, he was like, Tolkien quit with the damn elves
0: because yeah. I mean that's
1: really <laughs> where I started was, you know, the the Kingdom of Dechelle and the Shadow Wood and the Sheilin and who they were and mm. where they got to this point, you know, and um unintentionally how like racial issues came up. Um That's one of the big things in in Ancient Blood in the main series is whenever I write something, it's like my intent is never to be political about it because I just – I only write what the story tells me to. And that sounds kind of strange, but it's like you'll know when you're – as you grow as a writer and as you start working on things, you'll really – I feel like you'll really start having a feel for doing what the story tells you to. Because if you mm-hmm. do what you want to do,
0: it's not going to be as good. Um, it, it is incredible to me I because um, I'm very much a plot person. Like I am focused on, you know, planning it out and making sure there's all kinds of twists and stuff like that. And then um, I kind of got challenged to do NaNoWriMo this year. And I was just like, um, there is no way that I can continue writing um as far because i was doing like a, a fantasy novel it was a, actually my s- second one and uh that was my plan to do that for naNoWriMo but i was like there's no way i can meet a, a, a daily word count if i'm planning and plotting like I always do so I decided to go a different direction and actually do more what you're talking about and actually take it in the in the area of just like following the story and just being like okay what happens next and kind of figuring it out and it, it does it sounds really weird when you put it like that people are like what do you mean like you're the one writing but there's been several times uh, even just this this last 12 days of NaNoWriMo that I've been like okay what what happens next and then I have to just figure it out like oh that's what happens next and just kind of it's amazing how it just kind of comes out of you after a while yeah i mean it just it's i often make the
1: joke and i've made the joke on twitter um that the characters in your book are high-paid actors who end up telling you what to do even though you're supposed to be the director (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's just the bossy people yeah i mean and they will go on strike (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if the, yeah. if their demands aren't met they will hold you hostage
0: <laughs> speaking of twitter i should say at matt brown 012s and that's matt with one t so we'll put the links down below as well you definitely want to go follow matt he, you do a lot of the uh the very short fiction stuff there on twitter which is is really interesting What what kind of got you into that well i got to thinking about
1: I'm, I am mean, one of the things as a writer is um, you, you get told you got to figure out what your brand is. And that's something that I'm still trying to sort of learn because, I mean, there's a lot of more things with marketing as a writer, either whether you go traditional or independent. And I'm still on the fence about which way I'm going to go with some of the stuff I'm working on. Um, mm. <clears throat> I definitely think I want to do Ancient Blood traditionally. But I think to do exposure, I think I'm going to do Valkyrie as independent, um, just to have a book to kind of show, you know, something about me, you know, something more in yeah. depth than a simple short story on my blog or my, Let, my thoughts. Let's take about a life.
0: step back here with the. So you've you've mentioned Ancient Blood. I, we we talked about Valkyrie a little bit. Just give people like the thirty thousand foot view of Matt Brown, author, because I I guess I didn't realize that you had. I thought for some reason. I didn't look very deeply. Apparently, that uh, Valkyrie was your your first one. So, what what what's the whole? Like, give you the give us the overarching look of what the the books you've written and are planning on writing. Okay. Um.
1: So, well, first I'll finish the the, the answering the question about the short story stuff. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. It's it's cool. Um, the short stories on Twitter are sort of like a way to help me flush out ideas. Hmm. Um. And they're kind of fun. It's it's sometimes I can't think of something that fits with what I'm envisioning with the the prompts, so I'll use micro. I've started using micro story, um, which I've seen a lot of people do. So I don't know if that's proper etiquette or not. Um, I just kind of I just love to write stories. So I if I think of a character or I think of an idea, or if I have a really good short story in mind that I'm working on, like uh, the bargain which I put on my website on my blog, um, I'll do teasers. I'll give you hints of characters or hints of things that I might be working on. Okay. You know backstories or something, and then I'll take bits of that information, and then I'll I'll either <clears throat> throw it into the short story or it'll give you some more depth of what's going on with the characters on a side on a side thing. So people who are following me could try to connect the dots. It's sort of, sort of fun Easter eggs. Um, nice. You know because I, I just. I think with that stuff, I really want to make it. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes writing things, you know, and I'm sure people will call me out for it, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but I really, the internet think, is good at that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. We don't need to go yeah, into <laughs> right there. Um, but for me, it's about the readers, you know, I never, I want to do my very best, never to insult anyone who comes to like what I do. Um, hmm. and so, I try to think of fun ways to really hook the readers into seeing, you know, I want to tell stories and I want to tell stories that are interesting enough to keep you paying attention, you know, something that you can cherish and enjoy. Um, Going into the question about like all the stuff that I've written. So um, the first two books I ever wrote, not counting the one in high school, which I lost, I don't even know what I did with that. <laughs> I actually wrote it by hand. <laughs> oh, man. And wow, I think I made it to 100 idea. pages of notebook paper before I lost it because, you know, high school. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but the first two books I ever wrote, um, I really still I still don't really have good titles for them. But they were they were sort of what got me seriously started because that's what my friend had said, you know, hey, you should do something with this. So I tried doing it through a and d campaign. And, um, I think it might still have potential, but it needs so many revisions like Lord. Mm. (laughs) Um, uh, but then from that, that's where the ancient blood series came from. And I spent a long time world building and working on it. So between, I want to say 2008 to a year and a half ago, I, I got to book three, um, which I started book three this year, but it's slow because um, book three in the series is much different from the other two. It's one of those novels that if you don't walk the line very carefully, your readers won't pick up the book back up. And so I have to make yeah. sure that between both books and the plot and the development that it all really makes sense. You know, um, I'm doing some kind of bold things in the sense that. Um, I'm not sure really how to, how to put that, but it's it's definitely different. I have a friend who warns me all the time so you need to be really careful about this subject and this subject and this subject. Because again, mm. I'm not here to write political stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to go that route. Yeah. That's... that's
0: well, we're so we're so inundated with it, like almost without our our even choosing to be inundated with it, that when we go to fantasy and and fiction stuff, like that's not what people are looking for. I think most of the time.
1: No, I mean they're looking for a way out. They don't want to. They get bombarded yeah. with you know, you're not sure who to believe, what, where, when, or why, and some people just want a good story. You know, um, yeah. I think in in the last couple. Of, I guess, yeah, about last two and a half years, Joseph Campbell's become a really big influence on me. Um, hmm. And if, if you guys who are listening aren't familiar with him, uh, Joseph Campbell wrote the whole thing about the hero's journey. And yeah. the hero's journey is huge. It's, it's this whole pie chart, this whole wheel of where the hero starts as a nobody and then is elevated to a somebody – because he goes through a series of trials along the way that challenge challenges his, in some ways, his faith, some ways, his character, some ways, his, his moral compass, his well, moral compass, and character, same thing. But, um, you know, there are challenges throughout the entire journey. And you don't have to use every as a writer, you don't have to use every single part of the wheel. You can only you only have to use what's really relevant to your story. But I think it's a really powerful, compelling formula that's been successful for since people were telling stories Um, a lot of the ancient myths follow the hero's journey in some form or fashion you know any ancient story and even a lot of stories today follow that whole wheel and you never really realize you're using the formula as a writer until you take a look at it and then you're like oh wow you know especially if you're a fantasy writer because it really hits home because a lot of the myths were so fantastical in their natures you know, um, yeah, and so as i've've as I've worked on this series i've I've really started being able to relate to the impact and the especially the emotional impact that that whole formula has had on my writing and mm. um i think I think that's what helps it be that I think that's what helps challenge me is making sure I stay on point that way. I think i answered that question okay um and then yeah valkyrie was a side project that uh i think about five or six years ago i had this idea of a redemption story but it couldn't Mm -hmm. just be any redemption story it had to be specific it had to be a female hero had to be it wouldn't have made sense any other way um who steps into a role that she was never you know she had never been equipped to do and then is transformed into somebody she has never been before, you know, and it's kind of like a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago used to say that in order to become someone you've never been, you got to be willing to do things you've never done. And, um, I think for Iadra, her start of her hero's journey is that moment. She decides that to take a step in a different direction And it dramatically changes the rest of her life. And you see this theme of different people being challenged either to be redeemed or changed in some way as a result of their interactions with her and the whole story arc and as it develops. And it's just that kind of story that just seemed to jump out at me. And so when I got to looking at, well, I need to back off from book three and really think about where I'm going with book three carefully. Hmm. I wanted to have something else because I didn't want to just not write something. And I thought, well, maybe it's time I started working on Valkyrie for a little bit. And okay. since January, that's just what I've been doing. And then I'll write maybe a few – a chapter or I'll I'll review what I've written in book three to make sure it's on track and then I'll get a new idea and I'll jot it down in my notes. And Then I'll go back to Valkyrie. That's awesome. Um, or if I get a so short story for- – i'll do that for for
0: those people who are, are listening uh definitely go check out it's uh, a writer's com. right yes yeah so that's where you can so i give you the the audio sample here on the podcast of valkyrie but you can check out what is it through you're almost a chapter 50 aren't you uh yes i'll have to go look at getting close at, close um and it's yeah. it is a
1: it is a work in progress um one of the things I look forward to most is going back through and doing the edits. And I know that's insane yeah. for a writer to say, but I actually like editing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it because insane, I yeah. get to, I get to analyze what's going on and like, did I, did I miss the mark or did I hit the mark? You know, did yeah. did I go off and left field somewhere? Because often when you're writing the first draft, it's going to be crap. Um, yeah.
0: The first draft is that.
1: always crap, but um that's where editing gives you the opportunity to sort of enrich it you know to to till the ground to find the mistakes to find the things so you, that were maybe not quite right but enable you to take a bad story even though it may be a good bad story to make it an amazing story and then as you go through it a few more times you know it's you always it's always amazed me like i've been through as I created uh, Alanthar, I, um, I've um, i revised Ancient Blood about 14 times and rewritten it three times. Oh, wow. Um, Last year when I finally sat down to really work through stuff after going to a writing conference, I finished both books in seven months. I went back and redid both books in seven months. Um, wow. I, I just was like... I have what I I know where I'm going and not that I didn't know where I was going before, but it's more clarity. Yeah. The clarity was just like spot on after a Mm. friend of mine read through book one. Um, and kind of gave me a, a a swift kick in the pants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, nice. I, I was like, you know what? Okay. And, um, it was a very encouraging conversation, and then from then I was just lit. So I would go to work, yeah. and I would work eight hours, and then I would go to my office at Subway, um, which I call Subway my office. Everybody knows me by name. It's funny, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just sit down and I write. Um, and and um, so for those seven months, I was I was putting in almost sixteen hours between work and writing, wow. um, and wow that's that was my life, and uh I, I occasionally on my off days, I probably wouldn't do anything, but um you know it was just it just the story just kind of I couldn't let it go, you know, I had that fire, yeah, and um it's just I don't know there's just something about it when you like I said before, when you really love something, just pursue it, just go after it, you know I mean yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think that's, it's exactly what, um, how I feel about writing and stuff like that. It's like there. Yeah. Cause so many people, um, when I kind of started my writing journey, um, I was told repeatedly by very well-meaning people that like starving author, like that's, that's how it works as you cannot change that. You cannot be a writer for, you know, uh, make a living being a writer. You, you just can't. And, um, i i think as far as on the fiction side um that definitely hasn't hasn't uh or i haven't made any money on the fiction side yet <laughs> we're still working in that direction but uh it's it you it doesn't it shouldn't stop you from taking that step um just because somebody says um uh, things are one way or another you know you gotta you gotta push forward if it's something that you actually want yeah do you think it's worthwhile
1: like there's an author i met uh when i went to gen con when i was first really getting started um because I won't don't know all the details of his entire journey I'm not going to use any names but um uh he's been a huge inspiration because mm. where my I've I've watched sort of what I can uh of his journey and he started off like you know the working guy you know and deciding well this is what I want to do and he wrote his first novel and then he wrote a couple more novels and then he he started networking and now 12 years later, he's writing, He he's making his living off his writing, mm. you know? Yes. <laughs> and the thing about it is watching him. his journey, you know, is, it's just been so inspiring because he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, yeah. When I talked to him and I'm so glad that I didn't take him up on his offer because the book was in much need of work. Um, <laughs> but when I spoke to him, Uh, Gen Con uh, and I got to get to know him and then I got to know his publisher uh, because they had a panel and I'd seen and I'd been doing some research and um,
0: I I got to thinking
1: after I get back got back from Gen Con I was like well they do referrals why don't I just send him an email Mm -hmm. I didn't expect anything from the guy the guy was like sure I'll do a referral send me your book if it's good enough I'll send it all. Oh, wow. I was like, what? <laughs> and then me and my ex broke up at the time. Oh. And so priorities. Got kind of through things for a loop. Yeah, priorities got shifted. And um. Yeah. so, but, you know, life happens. But sometimes life happens in a way that needed to happen. So you can be better prepared for the journey ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel like had I sent my book in then, I wouldn't have been nearly as prepared as I am now 12 years later. Hmm. And I think that's something really important is um, all my experiences have taught me that now don't be in a rush to get, I mean, obviously pursue what you want, but don't be in a rush to get there too quickly because you may not be ready for what comes. And if you're not ready for what comes, then it's going to be that much harder to find the success that you're really striving for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I was, I was just listening to something uh, the other day and they were talking about how uh, we, we talk about patience and I think people mean a couple different things by it, but what, what you shouldn't mean by patience is just sit around and hope something happens to you. Right. Um, that you should be, you should be patient knowing that it's going to take a lot of hard work and it's going to take a lot of action right now in order to get where you want to go. But that doesn't that shouldn't stop you from acting and and taking the first steps to to make something happen. Hmm. Def
1: definitely. And yeah. And you know, some of that, especially as a writer, is just networking. Um. Oh yeah. Getting to know people like me, getting to know you, and then when I meet people who are interested in audio books, and I try to say, "Well, hey, I know this guy." You know. Uh uh-huh. Um. That's just part of that. Or if if. Not if, but when. Well, of course, when sounds arrogant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> when, when I finally get to that point to where I'm, I'm published and I'm there. Um, I want to be able to, to pay it forward, like what was done for, like the opportunity yeah. that was presented for me. You know, like if I if I know an author and they're really serious about um, being published and they're really passionate. That's that's the big thing for me is if they're really passionate about it and they're really sincere about it and it's not just a one-off, you know, I will say, well, hey, yeah. I'll let me go talk to somebody for you. Um, I might know somebody that might be a good fit. Let me, let me ask them. And if they say yes, mm-hmm. I'll send. I'll tell them about you and, you know, and then see you guys can connect and we'll see what happens. And if, and if that works out for you, then wonderful, and fantastic, awesome. Um, if it's not a good fit, then that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Um, that was something else. A friend of mine told me was, um, if an agent or a publisher tells you no, that doesn't mean you suck. Yeah. It just means they can't help you get to where you want to go.
0: And it's, it's a, they can't help you right now type of thing. I mean, there's, there's so much as far as timing goes, where I've heard stories of people where it's like, they'll talk to somebody and they're like, no, that's definitely not a fit. And then you come back a year later and it's like, oh yeah, let's totally do it. So yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, that tenacity. I think that's, that's kind of always been one of the words that I try and live by is tenacity. Like you just you keep coming after it like a bulldog, and you know you're you're respectful and you you uh, respect people's boundaries and stuff like that. But at the same time, if you're not willing to take no for an answer, you're you're gonna get a yes eventually. Right. So I think I, I want to just touch on this briefly. We've already been going for quite a while here, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to touch briefly on the uh, the whole. Uh, Self-publish versus actually like trying to get a publishing deal with a with a company. Um, we we actually we talked a little bit um, I think in Twitter messaging early on about that, and um, I, it's it's a big debate in the whole industry. I listen to several writing podcasts, and some are on the. like complete self-published wagon and then others are more on you know get get a deal if you can type of things Uh, how uh, where are you kind of on that spectrum and what is your um thoughts as far as the the status of the engine of the of the industry right now i think um i think a lot of it's going to depend on time for me
1: like Hmm. if and this is my understanding thus far if Traditional publishing eases some of the burdens of traditional publishing because, I mean, I'm still working a 40-hour work week, you know. I I still have a job and responsibilities to take care of. If it helps ease the burden so I can better manage my my personal life – uh, and doesn't hurt me at my job because I mean I still have to I still have to eat I still have to make money to take care of myself.
0: Um, <laughs> it's a darn thing about life. Yeah, huh? Yeah, you know those stupid responsibilities, man. <laughs> I tell you what, it
1: just they just soak it in you the way. You get it right all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's what really it really comes down to. If I have the time to do a lot of the promotions that self publishing is going to demand on me or if I can find a way to better balance both then absolutely, whichever benefits me the most is what I'm going to pursue. And I think that's a Mm -hmm. personal decision that everybody has to make as a writer. If you, if you have the funds because there's a a higher cost involved in self-publishing and if you have the means to self-publish and afford what it takes then you know absolutely if you think that's the better road for you but it's it's not necessarily about what's right or wrong because i've talked with a lot of different authors about it it's about whatever's the better road to get you to the success that you want to have um yeah but it's it's um i mean that's really that's really the key is either traditional publishing works for you because of where you're at in life or self-publishing works for you because of where you're at in life. It's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. But yeah. the, the thing about it is knowing if you're self-publishing, being knowledgeable enough about the business, um, the publishing part of the business, because writing isn't necessarily business, but the publishing portion is. So you know how to reach your audiences appropriately and um, not just, you know... St- going to people because I've heard a lot of writers tell me this, please don't throw your book at me, mm-hmm. you know, is, I mean, that's, that's not a good marketing tactic. Um, no. uh, and I'm sure you've gotten this too on Twitter where you have people who will message you and say, buy my book.
0: Yeah. You know, it's their, their among, introduction. It's like, wow. Yeah.
1: It's like a program response. Not, Hey, how you doing? Have you had a great day today? You know, I mean, most of the time, and I'm not trying to be mean, Anyone who will send me a personal message on Twitter about come buy my book um, without just even just talking to me through normal channels,
0: I yeah. tend to unfollow. Yeah, um, it it makes sense. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I just really appreciate about you. You're a you're a real guy. You're just putting stuff out there. You're sincere. You're you're passionate, and, and yeah, I just I, I love what you're doing. I really hope that um, yeah, people go and check you out. I mean, seriously, there's there's uh, there's tons of authors out there, but I, I I could see Matt Brown going places. So this is definitely one of the guys you want to keep an eye on. And just just the amount of world building you've already put in. Uh, and the amount of time and, and effort and everything—it's just—it's incredible. I don't—I don't know many people that are as dedicated to it as as you are. So. You should read. You should um, read. Nah. Uh, and this is a joke I have with my friends. You should read my 50-page thesis on magic. <laughs> 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 see, see, that's what I'm saying. Um, I don't know many authors who who put that kind of effort in on something like this, which is so. also getting a revision. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome well matt thank you so much for your time and uh this has been a great conversation i love love doing this we'll have to i think we'll have to do it again i'd love to anytime you want to i mean i always i feel like we just barely scratched the surface on on all the stuff we could talk about (laughs) yeah we're it's just just a couple of authors geeking out about author stuff yeah absolutely awesome well again ladies and gentlemen go check out matt brown 012 and that's matt with one t on on the twitters and a link is down below as well as a link to his blog which is a writer's thoughts.com and yeah it was he's giving away his writing so if you enjoy fantasy if you love this sort of thing i mean go go check him out give him some support and uh, definitely check out the the first couple of chapters of Valkyrie, which are still on the podcast. Just go back into the uh, the archives there, and you'll find them for your listening pleasure. So, Matt, thanks for coming on. Awesome, thank you for having me.